Welcome to the show. I appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stola. So before we get started, I just want to go over where you can find us. So on social media, we have an Instagram, and our handle is at underscore vote underscore your underscore conscience underscore. And then if you want, you can also leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We are now on basically all podcasting platforms. Uh, Now that we have that out of the way, I'll go over a little bit about um, what we did last time on this uh, podcast. So last time we went over a little bit about each party, so the Republicans and the Democrats, and then we covered four third parties, which were the Libertarian Party, the Reform Party, the Green Party, and the Forward Party. So those are four of, you know, some of the bigger third parties, even though they're tiny and they only make up a fraction, you know, about one to two percent of the presidential election. And uh, we covered a little bit about those parties and the differences and similarities of them on the last episode. So check that out if you're interested in learning more about that. On this episode, we're going to cover the different economic systems and political systems that it seems like everyone is continuously arguing over these days. And um, I'm going to go and read some definitions of those just off of, you know, basically uh, Google here, and then we'll go from there. So basically, You know, what people think we live under currently in America is capitalism, and the definition of capitalism is an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for a profit. In socialism, socialism is a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. Communism is a political theory derived from Karl Marx advocating class war and leading to a society in which all property is publicly owned and each person works and is paid according to their abilities and needs. So those are three different types of basically economic systems, and government is involved in the economic systems, but this is mainly the way to control the economy, and government is least involved in a capitalist society, a little bit more involved or a lot more involved, depending on how far towards socialism the country leans, um, in a socialist society. And then under communism, basically the government controls all of the means of production and all property is publicly owned under communism. And what that has entailed in the past, meaning publicly, is owned by the government. So I'll go over a couple different types of um, political systems as well, because I think people get, you know, economic systems and political systems mixed up. And the different economic systems can take place under um, different political systems as well. So just because you have one political system doesn't mean that you can't have, you know, capitalism or socialism under the same um, type of political system. I'll just go over a couple of those. And so there's uh, the first one I'll go over is an oligarchy. And that is a small group of people having control of a country, organization, or institution. So 
I basically think our government is closer to that, even though people claim that we have a democracy, um, just because the people who are in power have so much power with the wealth and in politics that it ends up being a small group of people, even though I believe, um, like if you've listened to any of my past episodes, you know I still believe that the power resides in the hands of the people, but we need to take responsibility over that power and control over the you know, smaller group of people who have monetary power and political power currently. Uh, the next one, we'll just go over the definition of democracy here. Um, so this one, you know, all of these definitions are right on Google and they're all from um, Oxford Dictionary here. So I'll just cover these ones here. Democracy, the Definition here, the first one, is a system of government by the whole population or all the eligible members of a state, typically through elected representatives. Then we have a republic, which the first definition is a state in which supreme power is held by the people and their elected representatives, and which has an elected or nominated president rather than a monarch. So there's a lot of debate and arguments whether or not America is a republic or a democracy. And it definitely started as a republic. And we have democratic principles in our election system. Um, the next one here is a monarchy. And the first definition is a form of government with a monarch at the head. So that's not exactly, you know, a very specific definition, but um, in a monarchy, you know, the monarch is in basically total control of everything that happens in the country, um, at least has power over everything that happens. So obviously no one can ever control everything that happens in an entire country. But the last, you know, decision for everything comes down to what the monarch wants. Uh, the next one here, aristocracy. And the first definition is the highest class in certain societies, especially those holding hereditary titles or offices. And the next one here is a form of government in which power is held by the nobility. So in an aristocracy, you know, the different ruling classes are normally coming through um, hereditary titles. So, you know, keeping it in the royal family or something similar to that. So basically... I just wanted to go over those because we can have lots of different types of economies under any of those political systems. And I think that there's a lot of arguments and debate um, basically over what these different systems are. And I think most people don't have that great of an understanding of what all of these different economic systems and political systems actually entail. And I know that I didn't for a very long time. And it, I don't know everything about all of these systems, but it's taken me a very long time to do research on, um, you know, a lot of these different, the main ones at least. And then um, I'll go over a little bit about what I used to believe and what I think more now, um, now that I've had a lot more life experience. So just to go over uh, what these economic systems are, so depending on what economist you ask, you know, there's like three to seven different types of economic systems. So I'll just go over one that claims that there's four different types, because I think that basically most of the economic systems fall inside these types anyway. And then 
any different types are going to be variations of these same things. So the first one would be a command economic system. The second, a centrally planned economic system. The third, a market economic system. And then the fourth would be a mixed economic system. So in a command economic system, basically that's something something like, you know, it's controlled by the government. Um, a centrally planned economic system is where there would be a, an organization or a government that's centrally planning the economic model out. And they try to build the economy um, from the center out, basically um, very different from, you know, what we live in, where it's more of supply and demand. They try to um, figure out what's needed and then provide from there. So building it out from what's needed rather than what the market demands. Uh, the next one, a market economic system. And, you know, that would be like a totally free market where, it's just supply and demand. There's no government interference. And basically, companies would provide what people want. And those people, whoever can afford those uh, commodities, they would receive them. So a mixed economic system would be a mix between any of these or all of them. So we basically have a mixed economic system, I believe, and it is between all of these. So now that we got, you know, basic definitions for these different economic systems and political systems, today I just want to cover the main three economic systems just because we won't have time to discuss, you know, every single different economic model and political model. So um, we're going to cover communism, socialism, and capitalism, and my viewpoints on these three different models. So I do think that from my discussions that I've had online with um, a lot of different people over these three different systems, I feel like most people online really do not have a good understanding of what these systems entail, and everyone misdiagnoses these systems and countries as using these systems that don't actually use these systems or they're more of a mixed economy like we discussed before rather than one or the other. So before we get into that specifically, um, I just wanted to go over a little bit about how my beliefs have changed because I you know, used to claim basically when I was like in high school and maybe a little bit after high school um, that I was like a communist or a socialist, basically. And basically just what led me there was just my compassion when, um, so I grew up in like a nice area, like I've said before on this podcast, and I always read about poverty and, um, you know, would see it basically in different areas that were around us that you know, we would not go to very often, but um, just just noticing that other people don't have it as good as me. And then even in our area, which is nice, I mean, it's not like everybody's just rich. So there's people who are at our schools that, you know, aren't as well off. And I always wanted to see everyone being helped out. And basically, something I always took to heart was, you know, don't judge someone until you walk in their shoes. 
um, since you can't actually walk in their shoes and experience every single thing that they've ever experienced and how they are, I always tried to give people the benefit of the doubt and just basically was like, well, I can't understand how to do that or how I can't understand what that person feels or, you know, the difficulties in their life. So I always would say we should just help those people out. Of course, we should help out people. Um, so, you know, when I learned about these different systems, of course, I leaned towards socialism and communism because it seemed like a more compassionate and helpful model. Uh, over the years, I've leaned much more towards capitalism. And, you know, I, I thought also like before when I was in, you know, middle school and high school, I thought more closely to like a anarchist model as well. Um, but so I didn't know that most of the principles that I was leaning towards were more libertarian. And, you know, it took me a long time to realize that. But there's so many things in my life that have changed my opinion on how our country should actually be ran and the opinion on how other countries should be ran as well and what we should be doing about other countries. So that's just a little bit um, about where I was coming from when I was in high school. And now I'm much more towards like a free market um, capitalism type, type of system. And when I'm discussing online capitalism with people, they seem to think that we live in a capitalist free market. Um, in America, I believe that our system is extremely far away from a free market. The government is basically involved in every single industry, and they're constantly using trillions of dollars per year to manipulate industries and push us in certain directions. Um, that's not how a free market works. So I don't believe we live in a free market. And we also have tons of social programs as well. And that doesn't lend to a free market either. Now, I'm an advocate of social programs. I believe that we should have social programs. I don't believe in an absolutely free market. I think we should have a free market as close as we can um, to a free market. But I understand that in a free market, of course, people are going to be left out. And I believe that, especially in America, we have the wealth that we can take care of them. So I believe that our social programs are extremely flawed and most of them are broken. So I would advocate for reforming the social programs rather than tearing down the entire government and trying to become either a socialist or a communist country, um, like many people advocate for. So what led me from being a socialist or a communist, basically, um, to being more of a capitalist, one of the major things was owning my own business, but also just struggling um, financially, you know, helped me see that in America, you can really change your um, outcome based on your actions. So when I was a kid, Obviously, nothing I did would really change my situation. If I misbehaved, I mean, I would be yelled at or be in trouble. But 
you know, I still lived in a house on a lake and had a pretty nice lifestyle other than all the turmoil that mostly my own actions caused. Um, so as I grew up, though, and my actions started affecting how I was actually living and what happened in my life, you know, when I got my life together more, then better things started happening to me. So in this country, it's not just, you know, what you started with. It definitely depends on your decisions. And through owning a business, just seeing what the government takes from us, you know, massively changed my opinion on how much the government should be taking because I was more leaning towards a socialist country, you know, looking at the Scandinavian countries like many people like to point out. And I thought, well, I don't care how much taxes we pay. I mean, if we pay more taxes and we get all of these things in return, you know, that's great. I, I don't mind giving away part of my income. But over the years, I've noticed that our government doesn't give us the things. And also in many of these other countries that do have these social programs, they're not functioning as well as people like to make it out to be. Um, and we also have a massive country. So these Scandinavian countries, I mean, I think Sweden only has like eight to 10 million people. That's the size of Michigan or less. So I live in Michigan. Um, if you wanted to have, you know, a healthcare system, why can't the state of Michigan do it? So instead of the whole federal government, you know, everyone wants national health care. Well, and not everyone, of course, but a lot of people do. And I don't understand why it would be on a national level. If Michigan wants a healthcare system run by the government and Texas wants a, you know, free market in healthcare, I don't see any issue with that. Um, no one cares that Sweden has, you know, a different healthcare system than Michigan does. So people in California, they're just as far away from me as people in Sweden, almost. So I don't see why people in California would care what's going on nationally rather than what's going on in their state. Um, so I do think things need to be left to states a lot more and uh, reduce the control of the federal government. But so, like I was saying, Owning a business has changed my mind a lot about that. And then just seeing what the social programs have been doing in our country and what the outcomes have been. We have been providing more and more social programs for like decades. I mean, you keep looking back, they keep implementing more and more social programs ever since the New Deal um, in the 1930s. And it hasn't solved poverty. It hasn't solved all these problems. So there are still, you know, there. I mean, apparently the homeless population is growing in this country, even with all the resources that are out there to help people. And I'm going to have an entire podcast episode on that as well later. Um, but there are tons of resources out there. So if you are having financial troubles and, you know, you have a low income, you should be seeking out some of these social programs that are already available and even nonprofits that are around you. So I will have an entire episode on that pretty shortly here. But back to the main topics here, you know, as I um, watched what happened with these social programs and have met more people that are on, you know, welfare, food stamps, um, Section 8 housing, stuff like that, using these social programs and seeing how they actually use them and how many people actually abuse them, 
I just think spreading them out even further will not really benefit people as much as people think. So I am for the social programs, but I also believe that just having social programs isn't socialism. So we're in a free market, but we can pool our money together to help the people that need it. So over time of seeing how this affects people in the real world, it has changed my opinion to really, you know, letting people fail and succeed um, in a free market. And it looks like when the government is involved in all these different industries, they keep claiming to help like the healthcare industry and farming through subsidies and, you know, all these other industries, they really don't seem to have the benefit that they claim to or they claim to try to have. So just because our government gets involved in healthcare, you know, and makes all of these demands of insurance companies and how the system works instead of just letting it be a free market, it hasn't really improved our healthcare system. Our healthcare system has just massive problems, and I believe leaving it alone would create a much better outcome than what is happening currently. So if we didn't have, you know, this necessity to have insurance and providing the government also provides Medicare and Medicaid. So they provide health insurance to low-income people, and they also provide health insurance to elderly people. So they're already competing in the marketplace with those programs. And then they put stipulations on that for how insurance companies and you know hospitals and doctor's offices can use those programs and get access to them. That is not that's part of what I'm saying about how we don't have a free market. Our government is putting input in and competing with us as well. And then these insurance companies, since it's connected through employment and most people want a job that has insurance benefits, then all these people have insurance. So if I want to go and get treatment without insurance, which I don't have health insurance, then I have to compete with the insurance companies on price. Since everyone's already paying into those insurance companies, there's already so much funding for any of these services that the hospitals and the doctors can raise the prices and have deals with the insurance company. Well, the hospitals don't want to deal with me. I'm one individual. It won't benefit them. But the insurance companies have power through all of us paying in. So, I mean, I'm an advocate of having a different type of insurance model where everything's not covered under insurance and really it's only for catastrophic reasons, you know, like having a major life-threatening illness like cancer or having um, issues that require like a massive surgery or broken bones, trauma issues, um, etc. So just over the years, I've just been seeing everything that the government gets involved in, you know, as I've learned about these things and become more interested, they seem to make it worse. So they get involved into um, student loans and then the price of college tuition just skyrockets over the next years. I mean, you can see them getting involved in student loans and guaranteeing loans starting in the 80s. And then college tuition just skyrockets through the roof. When our entire system starts pushing everyone to go to college instead of learn a trade or just grow up and get experience in the world, you know, in the working world and create their own career path, 
college tuition explodes. So, you know, rather than the government paying down student debt or paying for students to go to college, I advocate a completely free market where the government does not guarantee loans and it would not be as easy to get a student loan for an 18-year-old trying to go to college. This would drastically reduce the price of tuition. Many people would say, well, a bunch of people won't go to college then. And I say, that's great. Everyone doesn't need to go to college. There is so many other options. And, you know, so many people flunk out of college or drop out of college. Why did you go to school for two years and not get a degree? So this happened to me. I went to community college and I never got a degree or anything. No one thinks that it's of any value to me. So I, I took all these credits and I failed two thirds of the credits because I didn't actually care about going to college. It was just under my parents where, you know, oh, well, you have to go to college. Well, we'll keep paying for your stuff if you go to college. And I thought, OK, well, I'll try to go to school. But I always hated school. And it was basically impossible for me to force myself to go to school. So there's all these kids trying to push themselves through college that hate school, don't even want to do what they're going into. Then they get out of college four years later with a bunch of debt and they realize they don't even want to do what they're trying to do or that they can't get a job in that field because they didn't think about a field that actually produces you know, resources and money in the marketplace that people want. They go into some type of science that doesn't actually produce money. So I understand that there's a bunch of scientific research and everything that's important, and I agree with that. And we should have people that are going into um, science just for the reason of learning and um, getting an understanding of our world. But more practically in the world, there are people, there are uh, you know products that people actually want that we can create. And the market demand will create, you know, an outcome that makes more sense because people would go to college for things that generate money instead of going to college for what they think they want to do. And then ending up, there's too many people in that field for what the actual demand is. So basically over the years, I've just seen in so many different ways that the free market seems to function better and more efficiently than the more socialist leaning um, markets. And then communism would be even further along than that, you know, where the government is basically in control of everything. Um, if we could have, you know, a democratic communist state, I'm not exactly sure how that would work. But just like I'm talking about in this podcast all the time about personal responsibility, the main thing here is that under any of these systems, you cannot just set them and forget them. That's not how these systems work. There will always be advantageous positions of power in any system, communist, socialist, or capitalist. We will have to watch these people. We have to hold them accountable, no matter what system you're in. And what I keep seeing is people, you know, proposing a different system, an anarchist model, a communist model, a socialist model, a capitalist model. All of these require vigilance on the part of the citizenry to hold these people accountable, even in an anarchist model. 
under an anarchist model, small groups still form and there are still leaders of them. You can't just let them do whatever they want as the leader of a small group or a large group. It doesn't matter which one. So, like I said, you know, throughout this, over the years, I have just come to a different understanding. And based on my compassion, I believe that I was blinded from seeing the free market functioning um, better than these other systems because I grew up and in our textbooks and, you know, in the news, there's all these issues with our system. So I thought, well, this system must be better. And I fell for the, you know, oh, well, socialism didn't work in this one because of this or that. And, you know, oh, the U.S. intervened in Cuba or the U.S. intervened in all these different countries. So that's why they're failing, not because of the economic model, which I agree that there's tons of factors in any country's success or failure. And it's not just the economic model, but our economic model in the United States did create vast power. And I've heard an argument that, you know, a lot of people or that a lot of people have made where it's because we steal our resources from other countries, but it hasn't always been that way. We gathered power before we went to these other countries and took advantage of our powerful position. So we could not have the power to create a massive, strong army like we have, um, you know, the world's strongest military without already creating a strong economy before you go around the world. You can't go around the world uh, fighting wars without already having strong economics and, you know, a lot of resources. So America created wealth before it went you know, gallivanting around the world and trying to bring democracy to everybody or however you want to view it. Um, so basically, I still believe that that free market model brought us to a point where we had the power to do that. And maybe now we're taking advantage of it. And uh, that keeps it going, even though we have all of these social programs and government subsidies and everything. And the government has just gained more and more power over the years. So basically, um, the things that I'm always finding online or in arguments with friends and family is that they think that things are socialist or communist that I don't actually agree with. So they claim that the roads are socialist or a library is socialist or the fire department or police. And I don't really agree that it's um, that is socialism. So socialism would be the entire system doing that. So this would be a free market with us just getting public funding for certain projects such as roads. Um, and there are private roads funded in America as well. But so basically, my main point is that, you know, people seem to just cling on to one of these or the other. Like I said, even in the past, this is something that I did. So it does take life experience. I understand that, you know, younger people are going to get confused and follow one of these or the other, whether it's capitalism or socialism. So, you know, people are going to get confused by these different models and what they actually do. But, you know, seeing getting public funds together and funding a social program, 
I mean, it's like having a socialist tendency, but you're having it under free market capitalism. So I don't believe that that's socialism. And I used to think that we needed to tear down our entire system um, just to make progress or to, you know, create a new system. But I'm more of the understanding that we can destroy systems within the one that we currently live and still improve it, especially making improvements um, as we're working towards a better future for our country. You know, I used to be more all or nothing. It need, it either needs to be the entire system is going to change or, you know, we have to just destroy it, tear it down, and then we can allow a new system to take its place. Um, basically, what I thought was, you know, eventually we'll just have a bloody revolution here. That's what will definitely happen. And then from there, we'll be able to rebuild a new, better system. And that could still occur. I'm not saying that that's completely off the table, but I used to be more for that happening um, than I am now, where I believe that through voting and through voting with our dollars and through changing our own lives as individuals and becoming more responsible, taking more responsibility in our communities, we can really change the way that our system functions and then we'll be in a better position to change it properly. Um, or in beneficial ways, at least, and take the power back for the people rather than for the big corporations and the political interests. So there's a lot more information that I want to cover on this topic. You know, when I start some of these topics, I don't know how long they're going to take me, but this one's going to be a pretty huge topic. So I guess I'll have to continue this one next week because I'm pretty much out of time. And the basic idea of why I want to go over this is because I want to have discussions with people in a, you know, calm, relaxed manner. I mean, I'm a passionate person as well, but we need to be able to understand what the other person in a debate or discussion even wants before just attacking them. Just like, you know, I had a different episode about online political discussions where people just attack me constantly, they don't even know what I'm for. I mean, they think because I'm for capitalism that I don't want any social programs for anybody. But then when, after having a longer discussion and they start realizing that they think that I'm just confused about the model that I want and that I actually do want socialism, I'm just confused about it. So this is a much more in-depth topic, and I'd like to go on more about it, so I will definitely uh, continue this one next week. So basically, I will end this episode, as I always do, with trying to quell the division in this country. And I just want everyone to remember that when you're having these political discussions and debates, that these are your friends and family and neighbors. They want what's best for their families, their friends, and their community just like you do. Most Americans and most people in the world want that. They don't want the powerful to be running everything and intervening in their lives constantly, you know, and having all the control over our resources. So as we're discussing these different systems and different political ideologies, just keep in mind that these are other humans that you're talking to that have their own hopes and dreams and they're hoping for the country to be better as well. They're just 
trying in a different way than you. They have a different opinion on what gets us to that place. So I hear too much that the other side is evil. They're demons. They're trying to destroy America. They're fascists. You know, they're authoritarians. Most people in this country are not authoritarians, fascists, demons. You know, most people want better lives for everybody in this country. So I hope I've left you with something to think about. And if you want to reach out to me, have a discussion, a debate, or um, leave us a review. So we're on every podcasting platform. I'd be super happy if you could leave us a review. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. You can find us on Instagram at underscore vote, underscore your, underscore conscience, underscore, or you can follow any of the links in the show notes. So that's all I have for today. Just remember when you're having discussions to be as compassionate as possible and maybe we can heal this divide and to always vote your conscience.